Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The podcast is about to begin. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. I am your host, Tino Romero Jr., a.k.a. the Graveyard Grumbler. Today is episode 24, and I am wanting to do another episode on cults. Today's cult for episode 24 is actually one of my favorite characters. You fucking crack up. Today we are going to be learning about the Manson family cult. years later, and they still have no idea what you're about. Tell me in a sentence who you are. Nobody. I'm nobody. I'm a dream. I'm a hobo. I'm a boxcar and a jelly wine. And a straight racer. You just heard Charles Manson describe himself. He's a jug of wine, a boxcar, nothing, nobody. He's a straight razor if you get too close to him. You know, one thing that all the cult leaders have in common is that they're, they're very persuasive. They're very charismatic. I mean, they would have to be in order to convince as many people as they have in their following, you know, and even if it's 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 200,000 of people, you you have to acknowledge the fact that every single cult leader are manipulators. They are charismatic and they are convincing to, I mean, it's pretty much brainwashing and convince you that their vision is the vision of all and you need to follow them. It, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing that so many cults exist and have existed. So you know, and so let's get into the episode now. Who is the Manson family? How they get started? Well, they were founded in Charles Manson in the late 60s in Berkeley, California. Uh, Manson originally moved in with Mary Brunner, who was a, a member of the Manson family. And against Mary Brunner's wishes, uh, Charles Manson ended up moving 18 women into the apartment with them, which after a while, uh, Mary decided, hey, all's good. So let's just let it ride. And if Anyone's familiar with the Manson family, it was all about sex and orgies, uh, popping LSD, drugs, and you know, it, which is pretty much a big uh, part of, of a lot of cults. I'm not going to say all of them, but a large number of cults, drugs, sex, alcohol, they're, they're, they all go hand in hand. And, you know, the Manson family cult wasn't any different. Manson was an aspiring musician and he had his established himself as the signature hippie local. So, it's just something magnetic, like some magnetic force draws people to mu- to musicians as it is. You know, I, I don't I think it just goes all through time where it doesn't matter what the music is. You're always going to have a small following just for the fact that they love music. And if you're convincing and charming, again, you have that charismatic uh, personality, then you're going to you're going to develop quite a following. Charles Manson knew how to work several different different angles to amass the following that he was able he was able to get. So you know, and then uh, Manson appeared Manson appeared to have borrowed his philosophy from the Process Church of the Final Judgment. Uh, the members there believed that Satan would be reconciled with Christ, and they would come together at the end of the world to judge humanity. Now, could you imagine if that actually fucking happened? If Jesus and, and, I mean, not Jesus, but if God and Satan tag team together to judge the entire world, everybody would be fucked. Literally, 
every single person in this earth would would be fucked. I mean, you have Satan saying, nah, fuck that motherfucker. They're, they, I know that they've done dirt. And you have God saying, nah, homie, that was just a mistake. Bullshit. There's no mistakes. It was premeditated. They knew exactly what they were doing. Burn them. <laughs> and then you have God like, I. I guess you're right. I can see that point. Because remember, God did destroy mankind at one time, according to the Bible, you know, the floods, the 40 days, 40 nights. Yeah, I mean, he saved a, a boat full of people, but still, God is just as ruthless. And Satan, from my understanding, again, I'm not the Bible expert. I'm just going off of what I read years, 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 years ago. Lucifer never killed anybody. <laughs> Lucifer never put locust or rain or any kind of other horrible thing to happen to to mankind the way god has so maybe it'd be the other way around maybe lucifer's like yo chill god people make mistakes they already serve their their time in hell on earth how about we just let them roll and kind of send them in purgatory god's like nah man fuck that <laughs> i saw their their true meaning and true thoughts and nah they <laughs> burn them <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna green light them I can you imagine though if they tag team and judged entire humanity? Fucking hell, everybody would be done. So the the Manson family, his followers believe that Manson was a manifestation of Jesus and that his prophecies were reliable concerning an imminent race war. <laughs> Manson re referred to the race war as helter skelter or his prophetic, uh, I mean, prediction. Yeah. One thing that I'm curious to know about, and if any of my listeners are more knowledgeable than I am on cults, because I just do a little bit of research here and there and, and put my show together and uh, put it out to everyone to enjoy. Why is it that a large number, if not every single cult leader, identifies themselves as Jesus or a disciple of Jesus or the you know you know some powerful religious uh, biblical figure why why is that one of the most uh concrete consistent findings through every cult leader from all around history and i'm not talking about emperors i'm not talking about uh, dictators i'm talking about cult leaders you know you have like I, last week's episode was on heaven's gate and uh apple white he the which was the cult leader he portrayed himself or said that he was uh, Jesus or uh, uh, what is that called? Uh, direct, uh, not descent, but yeah, uh, well, us, us, you know, Jesus sent him to recruit people so they can go meet E.T. Jesus up, up in space. But you know, Charles Manson, uh, there was also another cult. Oh, Jim Jones cult. All of these cult figures, even though the cult in Waco, uh, Waco, Texas, that they all portray themselves as jesus now is it because out of curiosity i'm not assuming anything and i'm not pointing fingers fingers or anything but is it is it because some of the extreme religious fanatics out there want so desperately to find a savior uh, you know a, a, a real life savior one one of flesh and blood versus one of faith that you can only read about in, in the bible and the deepest faith or what you're preached about you know it I, I, one of those things that it's that uh, what is that called uh, coincidence that all cult leaders are you know portray themselves as Jesus or 
again, directly sent from Jesus or God. It's a common occurrence in all the cults, but why? Again, if anybody knows, let me know. I want to know what's going on. It just, you know, and the, and the Helter Skelter, by the way, it, I, I'm, it does talk about more of Helter Skelter later on, but Helter Skelter is actually a Beatles song that it's a, it's a fucking amazing song for any Beatles fans out there. You, you know, I climb to the top to the slide and you know, it's a, it's a great song. You should go listen to Helter Skelter by the Beatles. Matter of fact, everyone should be listening to the Beatles. It's a badass group, but Manson felt that the Beatles were talking in code to start this, the Helter Skelter, which is the big race war that he prophesied, you know, uh, and then uh, Manson strongly implied that he was Christ. He often told a story envisioning himself on the cross with nails in his feet and hands and began using the alias Charles Willis Manson. Now, saying it slowly sounding Charles Will is man's son. So you have with, with Charles Manson, you have all of the classic checklist requirements for a cult leader. You have, hey, I'm God. You need to follow me or excuse me. I'm, I'm the Messiah. I'm Jesus. Follow me. And here are my envisions or here's my visions. Can you and, you know, can, together, can you envision me ruling the world? It's, it's, you know, as Jesus, everyone, you know, the Lord, our savior, every, everything is there for the checklist. So add that on top of drugs and manipulation, the charismatic, uh, charismatic, uh, personality, and you have the classic cult leader. So, you know, and then, you know, he goes as far as saying that he's had dreams and envisioning himself on the cross with nails in his feet and, and hands, you he, he he's already going above and beyond and trying to convince him that he is Jesus. You know, how many people have visions of themselves or dreams of themselves being crucified to Charles Manson? No, those were real envisions envisions. Those those were real visions and real dreams that he had. Yeah, I do understand that a vast majority of followers of cult followers are lost and are looking for someone to fill that gap void and make them feel loved and wanted. I understand that. However, it's a common occurrence that the leaders are Jesus. I mean, look, man, I have a lot of Jesus in my family. I don't follow them to go fucking kill people. Can you imagine? Orale Jesus, you know, hey, Jesus. <laughs> Shit, I was drinking with my cousin Jesus all the time <laughs> a few years ago. I never, well, and we never got together and said, hey, I'm Jesus. Yeah, I know you're Jesus. That's what your family named you. Your mom and dad named you. But no, check it out, dude. I'm Jesus. So I had dreams of myself being crucified. We should go kill a bunch of people. <laughs> Get fucked, Jesus. I'm not going to go kill anybody. I'm just here trying to enjoy my Bud Light and eat some uh, chicharrones. Calm the fuck down, homie. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. I mean, I, I I guess it takes a different state of mind or a different mind frame into uh, be manipulated into a cult, you know, and then what, what I found was really cool was that he started going by the alias Charles Willis Manson. And when it said, you know, when said slow, Charles Will is man's son, you know, Charles Will Wilson, Charles Wilson Manson, you know, Willis, Willis Manson. So Charles Will is man's son. That's pretty, it's pretty clever. I like that one. You know, one point for Manson, you know, and what, what, what was their belief that got them going to the depths and extents that they already went to, you know? And so in 1969, Manson believed that racial tensions between blacks and whites were about to erupt, predicting that blacks would rise up in rebellion in American cities. Why you have to bring race into this shit though, Manson? But that was a, a real strong belief for Charles Manson and his 
the following was that this huge race war was going to ensue and it was you know the blacks inevitably were going to dominate the the whites and he was going to rise on top and and rule everyone it doesn't make any sense because if you look at it realistically if charles manson's view was already flawed how is he going to say that you know the 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 race war between the blacks and whites were were going to happen but uh, he repeatedly stated in a lot of uh, reports that the, you know the blacks were going to win the race war now why would, after after fighting for their rights and for their their independence and and their uh, their stance why would they sit there and let charles manson rule them <laughs> get the fuck out of here manson what the hell's your problem dude you, your shit is flawed What's worse is that he actually had all his believers believe in the same thing. I mean, come on now. You know, Matt, you know, Manson explained that the social turmoil he had been predicting had also been predicted by the Beatles, the Beatles White album, which was a great album, by the way. Manson believed the songs explained it all in code. You know, that goes to the Helter Skelter is on the White album for the Beatles. Again, if you're not a Beatles fan, you should be a Beatles fan. It's, they're, they're a great band. Check them out. They're a legend. Charles Manson had this weird way of thinking that uh, all of everything that that he believed in were was being fed to him by the by the Beatles. The Beatles, the White Album, had was encrypted all with code about race and war and prophecies and how he had to fulfill their you know his his vision on how he was going to dominate the world. I don't. It, it's crazy that. People actually think that music is the, you know, I mean, yeah, I understand music is powerful, but come on now, it's encrypted with code. No fuck out of here, man. Boy, I tell you. Let me see. In early January 1969, the family left Span Ranch. You know, Span Ranch, for people who aren't familiar with it, was a ranch that the family had taken over. It was a, an old movie set that was owned by an elderly gentleman. I, I wrote his name down, but I can't find it on my paperwork, but. You know, they ended up uh, manipulating him and having him join the family. They enticed him with sex and drugs and eventually took over Span Ranch. And that was pretty much and that was pretty much the the headquarters for the Manson family. And which, again, it it's not uncommon for for people to for cults to find a fort or a fortress of some sort or some sort of headquarters where they conduct everything and they live and, and run their little their, their little world. But the family left Span Ranch and moved to a canary yellow home in Canoga Park, California, not far from Span Ranch. Of course, you want to be home where the, you know, where the roots are. Uh, Manson believed the new location would allow the group to remain submerged. Again, this is quotes by Charles Manson submerged beneath the awareness of the outside world and of course manson called his yellow house uh, the yellow submarine which is another beatles re reference i mean yeah i mean that song is, is good but it's not one of the best it is a good song though charles manson's obsession thinking that the beatles songs were all encoded it's well i tell you it's bizarre i mean i understand music is powerful like i said but come on now <laughs> but that's pretty clever though yellow house names it the yellow submarine <laughs> I, I like that shit. But the family prepared for impending apocalypse, which Manson called it Helter Skelter. Again, like I mentioned earlier, it's another Beatles song. I listened to the song about a thousand times already, isn't it? even before I started doing research. And then when I started doing research, I listened to the song again 
just uh, the other night and i don't find anything that suggests that there was a race war impending or that the beatles were promoting a race war <laughs> i don't know if i was listening to it wrong or what but you know, i would love to play the song here on the podcast but i, I don't know about copyright laws i don't want to get fucked with that but you know for those of my listeners to know what i'm talking about just google or uh go to youtube and uh listen to helter skelter it's a great song it's a really good it's a great it's a really good Beatles song so Manson's vision was complete by February. The family created an album whose songs were as subtle as the Beatles, and he would uh, trigger the predicted chaos. Manson believed that one, uh, once the race war was started, the blacks would be triumphant, only to be ruled by Manson and the family in the bottomless pit, a secret city beneath Death Valley. Like I mentioned earlier, why in the fuck would they, uh, would would the uh, would the black community be? would fight so hard to dominate the the white in the so-called race war just to be ruled by by charles manson if charles manson's white that doesn't make any sense i mean why wouldn't charles manson <laughs> pay attention to his own his own logic and his own flaws because i'd be damned if i fight that hard and then allow, allow myself to get ruled by someone else that i'm fighting against it doesn't make any sense to me boy i tell you and then especially in this underground city in death valley what the fuck is that? Again, it's one of those, it, it's it's a common trait in cults for cult leaders to be so out there with their beliefs and their predictions. And that's what makes it even crazier is that people believe this shit. Boy, I tell you, if there's a race war that's going to happen, which in the 60s, uh, yeah, I think it was in the early 60s, there was a, a, a race, riot, race riot. And it was all because of the injustices towards the black community, which, you know, is totally understandable. However, it wasn't just because of uh, Charles Manson's vision and all this other bullshit. Give me a break. So eventually all crazy things have to come to an end. And Charles Man, the Manson family wasn't any different. So, you know, Manson, uh, wanting to move forward with his vision of Helter Skelter, told the family they might have to uh, show the black community how to start it, how to kick Helter Skelter, which doesn't make any sense. If he was, uh, if his prophecy was so accurate and all this other shit, then it should have just popped off by itself. But no, this motherfucker had to try to kick it off himself. So, you know, Manson assigned one of the family members uh, by the last name of Watson to get money to fund Helter Skelter. Uh, Watson uh, jacked a, a drug dealer named Bernard Lots of Papa Crow. Crow threatened to wipe out everyone at Span Ranch. So, that's obvious you're gonna jack a drug dealer for his money of course he's gonna retaliate and want to fuck somebody up and that doesn't <laughs> the manson family wasn't any different so what does the family do they countered on july 1st 1969 by shooting crow at manson at manson's hollywood apartment which i'm it doesn't make any sense why <laughs> boy i tell you so and so they're gonna get jacked and he's gonna they're gonna jack the drug dealer the drug dealer is going to threaten to wipe out the entire family, which I believe at that time was around 50 uh, family members or 50 members of the Manson family cult. And then they end up killing the guy for what reason? Because they were scared. Dumbasses. I just it, it's one of those crazy ordeals that, again, was such a bizarre cult leader. They, uh, they're convinced and of paranoias and other things that aren't really true. So you go start doing stupid shit and Charles Manson and the family was no different, you know, and another, <laughs> this is where around this time is where they started murdering several people. This is how, this is when the Manson family started gaining or 
not gaining, but the the murders were what the Manson family were known for. You know, I'm sure everyone knows the real famous murders, but there were other murders that they that they committed. Another gentleman by the name of Gary Hinman was a music teacher and PhD student at the uh, University of California, Los Angeles. And they, uh, he befriended members, members of the Manson family. Well, that's where he fucked up was <laughs> he uh, befriended people of the Manson family. Another thing with the Manson family, though, is that they were able to to reach uh, like one of the, the one of the, the beach boys. I can't think of the guy's name, but he. uh he partied with Charles Manson again. It, it's again with the charismatic uh, personality, the type of person that he is, and the ability to to convince and and make people either comfortable or uncomfortable, or to where they allow him to do what they please. And with the the Manson family, with all the members being majority women, they ended up manipulating a lot of people with sex and drugs. So, I mean, if you're getting laid, there's not much that you're going to object to. <laughs> And, you know, these, these, uh, a lot of these individuals were no different. Well, at least Gary Hinman was. I'm not sure about anyone else, but a lot of the members were enticed by drugs and sex. So if, you, if you're having an endless supply of, uh, of drugs and an endless amount of sex, you're going to believe what the main person believes in that real quick, aren't you? Once uh, Manson got to know Gary Hinman, he believed that Hinman was rich. So because he, of course, he, Manson needs money to fund the project and the whole Helter Skelter bullshit, he sent a few of the family members, uh, Bobby Biosolio, uh, Mary Brunner, and Susan Atkins to convince him to join the family and give the family all of his assets. <sighs> okay, why in the fuck would I want to turn over all of my money if I was rich to a bunch of people I don't fucking know? Go get a goddamn job. Why? I don't understand how someone can just boldly <laughs> ask me to give me all my fucking money. No, get fucked. There, there's absolutely no way in hell that I am going to give you my assets if I were rich. You know, and it, this was a common thing in the cult. Give me everything that you own because I am, you know, I'm your Messiah, your leader, your Christ. So you need to give me your money, which isn't different from regular church. Huh. That's weird. So the three family members held Hinman hostage for two days. And sometime in those two days, Manson showed up with, and slashed Hinman's ear with the sword. What, what the, how are you going to get a hold of a fucking sword and sl- cut this dude's ear? That, again, when you are under the spell of sex and drugs, you lose sight of the wolf in the hen house. And that's exactly what happened to Hinman. You have two attractive women and drugs. It's going to go hand in hand, which I'm not. 100% saying that he was on drugs, but in order, a lot of reports showed that the way that they recruited members for the family were because with sex and drugs. In the 60s, drugs, drug use was, you know, blowing up and a lot of people were starting to use. So it, it's not a so far-fetched assumption that this guy was, you know, partying with, with the family members. And then, you, you know, you, you get tied up and beat the shit out of and held hostage for two days and get your ear slashed off like you're uh, Leonardo da Vinci. I think that's the right one. And then, boy, I tell you. So Manson ordered uh, for Biosolil, I think that's how you say his name. I completely fucked that name up, to kill Hinman. So uh, we're going to call him Bo. <laughs> so Bo stabbed him to death. Uh, one of the female family members used Hinman's blood to write political pity, piggy on the wall and draw the Black Panther symbol. So there you go, where it was tied into uh, Charles Manson wanting to kick off the Helter Skelter. So he kills a white guy and, or has a white guy killed. 
uh, and then one of the family members draws the Black Panther symbol on on the wall it, in blood with all places. So right there, they already assumed that it was uh, uh, the black community or the Black Panthers that put out this hit, again fueling more uh, tension, more fuel for the for the race the race war and race conflict that was going on in the '60s. I mean, you have to think about it. It's not, I don't want to say it was a brilliant plan, but it was almost foolproof to start an even bigger race war. But what Manson neglected to to know or to acknowledge was that that whole movement, the whole uh, um, the race riot was beyond him. It was for social equality and justice. It wasn't just because they were they didn't like each other. No, they were actually fighting for a reason. And Manson didn't understand that because he, I guess he chose not to. Well, uh, August 8th of 1969, Manson told Watson to take Susan Atkins, Linda Kasabian and Patricia Krenwinkel to 1050 Cielo drive in Los Angeles and kill everyone there. Now this is where the famous, where the Manson family is infamous for not infamous, but is famous for the infamous Tate murders. And so apparently this was a house of somebody that Manson knew in the in the past by with the last name of Melcher. So Sharon Tate and her husband, uh, uh, Roman Polanski, who Polanski happened to be working in Europe at the time, lived at the address and not the man that they were assuming lived there. So the four family members proceeded to kill five people that were in the house. Sharon Tate, who unfortunately was eight and a half months pregnant, J.C. bring Abigail Folger, yes, the Folger coffee heiress, who you know she happened to be murdered in that unfortunate event. Watchtech Frokowski and Stephen Parent, and one of the family members wrote "pig" on the front door with Tate's blood. It was a brutal, brutal murder that was committed by the Manson family. Charles Manson was not involved in any of the murders that were reported. You know, he did chop off the the uh, that one guy's ear, Hinman's ear, but he wasn't directly involved in in any of the murders. I'm not I'm I'm not saying that he's guilty or he's a saint or anything in that matter, but it's a big, huge, common misconception is that Charles Manson is a serial a serial killer, and he is not. He has never been convicted of murder, although they try to pin it on him. He was never convicted since he never technically or physically uh, carried out the murders. They were ordered on his behalf. So like a mob boss, I mean, green light these motherfuckers for no reason. So they got him for a ton of other things. But, you know, actual murder, he was never in, he, he never committed any physical murder. So therefore, he's not a serial killer. I mean, again, it's a common misconception. It doesn't matter. I'm not letting some fucking hippie Jesus tell me to go kill some motherfuckers and I'm going to believe every single thing on top of that being broke. Cause I have to give, uh, I have to give him all my money. Well, fuck off, man. I don't, I don't understand how you think that I'm going to go ahead and just openly give you all of my money. Fuck off. That doesn't make any sense. You know, all of hey, Abigail Folger, that's unfortunate. And that was the daughter of the, of Folger's coffee. And yeah, all of these people were actually famous for some reason, one reason or the other. I just, again, I didn't do that much research. My bad. I just know uh, Abigail Folger is the heiress, was the heiress to uh, the Folger Coffee name or family. Yeah, I just, the tape murders happened, uh, was unfortunate. I mean, just like with other famous people, you don't 
pay attention to everyone else other than that that main name, which was uh, was Sharon Tate. She was an actress back in the in the sixties, but it doesn't matter. It's fucked up. She was eight and a half months pregnant, and the other people they were all because they lived there when they thought somebody else would live there. It's fucking bullshit. But again, you can't think of much uh, excuses when the cult leader thought he was a hippie Jesus. Boy, I tell you. So, uh, and then uh, here's another murder. August 9th, 1969, six family members, including Manson, drove to 3301 Waverly Drive, located in Los Feliz section of Los Angeles. The house belonged to supermarket executive Lino LaBianca and his wife, Rosemary LaBianca. Family member Watson and Manson went into the house through the unlocked back door. Why lock your fucking doors? I mean, that's a common thing that we saw that we see in horror flicks as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just because I grew up in a different time, but you have people believing, oh, my neighborhood and my area is safe, so I don't need to lock my doors. It doesn't matter. There's always your your actual neighborhood is safe, but the people who are looking to fuck people up aren't safe, and they wander into you know neighborhoods of all types, uh, poverty, rich, middle class. It doesn't matter. They're gonna they're gonna whatever opportunity they have, they're gonna go in and take what they want. You know, whether it be uh, jewels, goods, or just murder, just because they're they're psychopaths. It doesn't matter. Lock your fucking doors. Be goddamned if I didn't lock my door. I have, I check my door like seven times before I even uh, get up and go to sleep. I ask my wife if she locked it, and if I don't see her, if I don't, or if I don't confirm with her that she actually locked it, then I'll go around checking the doors before I I head upstairs to go to bed. Fuck all that noise. Manson woke up Lino at gunpoint and then uh manson ordered for the couple to be tied up with have, have pillowcases put over their heads manson left sending the rest of the family members inside with instructions to kill the couple the family members stabbed them with a bayonet lena was stabbed 12 times rosemary stabbed approximately 16 times on top of rosemary being stabbed stabbed 16 times after she was dead she was stabbed a total of 41 times post-mortem one of the family's members wrote rise and death to pigs on the wall and held her skelter held her skelter on the fridge door all in blood why what it it doesn't state because nobody knows for sure but it doesn't state if they were high on drugs or if manson was that convincing to that that handful of super loyal family members that they were able to be convinced to go kill people that they they had no fucking beef with Boy, I tell you, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how, again, how people can be convinced to do shit that they know is wrong, all because of hippie Jesus thinking that, hey, Helter Skelter is about to pop off. So you go do this. I'm just going to go get some chips and dip and probably go uh, buy some brand new Birkenstocks because I don't want any part of this. Manson knew that murdering people (laughs) was not the way to go. That's why he was never involved in any of the actual murders. Yeah, he did break in and enter. He did tie people up and he did uh, chop that one guy's ears off. But he never actually physically murdered anyone because he knew that he's going to get in a lot of shit. You know, in the political messages, the uh, rise and death of the piggy and helter skelter. You have to think the cops walk in. Well, goddamn, you know, are they are they just some big ass beetle fanatics? So they wrote helter skelter <laughs> on the fridge door. I mean, it's a good record, but come on, it's not that good. So in, uh, in uh, December 1st, 1969, warrants for family members in connection to the Tate murders uh, were brought up. And the, here's the thing is that when they, the, the family never 
directly were uh, subpoenaed or warranted for the murders. They were being investigated for car thefts when Manson was arrested. They were actually dropped because the warrant was misdated. How do you cops fuck up a, a warrant and write the wrong date to ultimately set uh, Charles Manson free when they had him in his grasp? Why would they do that? I don't understand. People are, are human. They make mistakes. I completely understand. Boy, I tell you. So in uh, January for, or January 25th, uh, 1971, jury found four family members guilty. Manson received life along with the other, with the other members. Initially, all of the, the family members, I believe it was a total of five, four or five. I think it was five. But, you know, the, the women, of course, were, were included in that because they're the ones who physically did the murders or committed the murder. But Manson was held on charges and, and, con- and convicted for murder, uh, plot for murder and conspiracy to murder, running a cult, drugs, alcohol, a bunch, a bunch of shit that were piled up and theft were piled up on. Uh, on top of all his charges so he ended up they, they actually ended up getting the death penalty but they were never sent to death because the for the reason that the uh the death penalty had been reformed so they didn't make the cut instead they just spent they're spending their entire life in, in prison i don't know if that is a good thing that i mean it is a good thing that they never they got they never got parole or never bailed out or or had house arrest i'm glad that they stayed in prison because who knows that they wouldn't look for that void that they were missing once the family broke up. So another person, even the person within the family, you know, cause there's always that, that one little handful of super loyal cult followers that want to keep the vision alive. So if say, I don't know, 10 years down the road, the, the four family members who were convicted of, of murder, were released and then you have one one nut to try to keep helter you know quote unquote helter uh, skelter alive they wouldn't be convinced to go murder again so manson manson ended up uh, spending life in prison in california and ultimately he died november 19th 2017 in bakersfield california oh shit he died in my home state or my home city in california bakersfield shout out bakersfield he was taken from Corcoran, Corcoran Prison and transferred over to uh, Mercy Hospital in Bakersfield, California, where he ultimately died. Uh, I just looked up some more information, and Manson was convicted of seven first-degree murder charges and one count of conspiracy to commit murder for the August 1969 deaths of actress Sharon Tate, Abigail Ann Folger, Wolkchek Rakowski, Stephen Earl Parent, J.C. Bring, Lino LaBianca, and Rosemary LaBianca. He was admitted to the state's death row on April 22, 1971, but the state Supreme Court vacated and set aside capital punishment in 1972. Uh, Manson was committed to seven consecutive life sentences. God damn, seven consecutive life sentences. So if he died seven times, does that mean that he <laughs> he uh, fulfilled all seven of his life sentences? Right. I mean, that's not too far to ask, but he was committed on first degree murder. However, he was never the person to murder. I mean, I've done, again, endless research on that part, and it's never it's never really shown directly that he was the one who did any murder. But, hey, you're charged, you're charged. Fuck it. You you, you do the time. You did the crime. You got to do the time. You know, so now it's uh, my thoughts on the <laughs> on the matter. 
cults are crazy, crazy, crazy. I, man, I, I wouldn't say that I was infatuated with Charles Manson, but the idea of Charles Manson and how he was able to convince so many people in the era where rock and roll was huge. And, and one of his main goals was to be a huge musician, a huge rock star, bigger than the Beatles, which is ironic since he was obsessed with the Beatles and their supposed coded songs that, that he listened to. The Beatles are a really good band, though. You should listen to it. This isn't code. It, it's truth. But for him to have the the crazy following that he has and the most dedicated following, he didn't have hundreds and thousands of people. He had around 50 people with him you know, that lived out there in Span Ranch. It's just insane that he was able to to go to do and commit as many murders as he did all all by because of the believers believed in every word that he said. I'm not sure. If that's a good thing. Again, cults, they're very, cult leaders are, are manipulative. They always look for people who, who need something to help them live and succeed or not live, but just, just to feel wanted. They're, they're the outcasts. They're the runaway kids. They're the adults that, that were never given enough when they were growing up. So they have to find something to be validated. And again, drugs and alcohol and sex have a huge, huge, huge thing to convince them to stay and listen to the words that I said. But Give me a fucking break. Hippie Jesus. Come on now. I don't I'm, I'm not down with hippie Jesus. I mean, goddamn last last episode was E.T. Jesus. Now we have hippie Jesus. What's next? Who knows what kind of Jesus we're going to find this time? I appreciate everyone tuning into the show. This was a pretty fun one. I do apologize for all the scattered information. There was a ton of information that I tried to cipher and and get into a decent episode for everyone. For future, if anyone has any episode suggestions that you want me to talk about, feel free to email me, graveyardgrumbler at mail.com. Instagram is Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Facebook is uh, Graveyard Grumbler Podcast. Feel free to email me, message me, let me know if you have any suggestions. If you have an iOS device, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the only way that I can make the show better hopefully I don't make it worse. That's the last thing I want to do is make it worse, but I want to make this show better and enjoyable with my show in particular. I don't have a certain direction that I have for my show. I just choose whatever topic is interesting to me at the time. Uh, so like this week it's cults. Last week was urban legends week before that, or not week, but time before that was serial killers. I don't know. Next topic might be sex. Sex. Next topic might be, I don't know. Who knows? I don't have anything planned until I start thinking about what I want to talk about. So again, everyone, I appreciate your time and listening to my podcast and hopefully everyone has a wonderful day. Good morning. Good day. Good night. Oh, before the end, there's not going to be any spooky tales this week. I just haven't had a chance to write them. I wrote one down. I still need a few more and it's just, I haven't had the time. My brain's been locked up and I just haven't had the chance to, to get them down on paper, but I appreciate your patience, and as soon as I get some stories out, I will be—I I will definitely put them on the show. Again, good morning, good day, good night, goodbye. Is Charlie Manson crazy? Well, whatever that means, sure, he's crazy as mad as a hatter. What difference does it make? You know, a long time ago, being crazy meant something. Nowadays, everybody's crazy. Well, God, I guess you're my best friend, being I invented you. You believe in God, Charlie? Sure, I believe in myself. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Which one?
Are you Jesus Christ? Which Jesus? There's all kinds of Jesus. There's a black Jesus down in Florida. He's having a good time. There's a Mexican Jesus in Mexico. I mean, there's all kinds of Jewish Jesus. I mean, Jesus, you know. It's all kinds of Jesus coming back everywhere. And nothing can stop it. It's a consciousness that lives in your mind. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end. Graveyard Grumbler Podcast.